Do you want me to get more coffee? Okay, you okay. get some more coffee, that's fine. Okay, thank you. I, of course, am Mary B's number five son. I have four older brothers, Jim, John, Joe, Jerry. Noise you've heard at the beginning, that's my coffee maker, Rhonda. When I need a cup of coffee, I always say, of course, help me, Rhonda. When I need an emergency cup of coffee, I then say, Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. I'm doing this because of my love for coffee. Thank you, Rhonda, for another great cup of coffee to start the morning off. Welcome again to Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. I am Jeff. All right, let's get rolling with this week, episode number 65. Yikes. Hey, I just checked my mental Rolodex. I am 65. I just turned 65, so 65 is it, which means it's season two, episode number 25. Wow. Another yikes on that one. I tried my latte art and um, didn't come out good. You know, we tried, Pam and I, and Pam was very patient in helping me. With um, I went cheap. I bought a frother. Put it on Instagram. Use the song Feels Like the First Time by Foreigner. Great song. I need practice. And as Ellen Iverson said, we're talking about practice, man. Practice. Or as the pole player on the low light commercials, or Paul Horning, you say practice, practice, practice. So I'm going to keep trying and um, we'll move on. And I heard some, I had a tip from someone that said something, <laughs> something about, Using foam. <laughs> this person tried to tell me that you pour foam, but I need to see it as an example. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. Moving about latte art again. I'm taking it very serious. I really am. And I'm going to keep practicing. I love it. I think it's very interesting. And I watch the videos every day on uh, Instagram. I save a lot of them to learn. So I just got to get everything together. Sooner or later, I'll get it right. But I'm going to keep trying. I went to did Fright Fest, and I met PJ Souls. Again, a bucket list. She was so nice. And I actually got to ask her questions. I asked her how it was working with John Travolta in the movie Carrie. And she said she actually had to do a reading part with him to get for the movie. Brian De Palmer had to read with um, uh, John Travolta. She said it was very nice, great guy. She was so nice. And then I asked her about that hat that she wears in the movie Carrie. Now, mind you, is Halloween, but I fell in love with her with uh, the movie Carrie. She always wore a baseball cap in her. I asked her what she, how she felt about the hat, and she, she didn't like wearing it. She knew she had to, but at the end is the prom. So she gets ready for the scene. She comes out of the dressing room, and Brian De Palma apparently said to her, where's the hat? She goes, Brian, it's, it's the prom. I'm not going to wear it. He goes, you need to wear the hat. And if you watch the end of the movie, PJ Souls has that red hat on for the whole prom scene and everything, which I thought was a great call on his part because she didn't look right in that movie without that hat. So um, got my picture taken with her. She gave some great stories of working. And then the guy that was with her, I can't remember what his name was, but he's the boyfriend in Halloween, pulled up by one arm by Michael Myers and then stabbed. And then everybody wonders, how heavy is this guy? Because in the movie... Michael Myers jams him in the stomach into the, into the wood, apparently, and the guy, all they show is his toes. 
you know, giving out to show he's dead. But he's another nice guy. And you know what? After Halloween, he ended up working for 30 years at Disney, at Disney World in Orlando as an actor. He said he didn't like the Hollywood thing. So at Disney, he would go from, you know, thing to thing to do different characters. You know, at Disney World, as you walk around, they got different plays and everything. He said he liked it. He was happy. And that's all you need. If you're happy with what you're doing, that's what it's all about. The past couple of weeks was very sad in the music community. I mean, as we all know, Olivia Newton-John passed away. Um, very sad, breast cancer, I believe. And, um, you know, just a great singer, beautiful person, beautiful woman, lovely voice. She will be missed. My favorite Olivia Newton-John song was Magic, which I think was 1980. Great song. And then my other favorite was Please, Mr. Please. And it's about a person that's in a bar and they're hoping that somebody at the jukebox doesn't play B-17 because that's the song with her and her love of her life or whatever brings back bad memories. So very good song. She had a ton of songs, so uh, we'll be missed. Sam Gooden of the Impressions, which were formed in Chicago with Curtis Mayfield and Jerry Butler. The Impressions, Gypsy Woman, a bunch of other songs. My favorite impression songs um, after Curtis Mayfield left was a song called Finally Got Myself Together. Now I Know Just Who I Am. A great, great song. I remember buying that record. Another great group from Chicago, Sam Gooden. Just recently, Lamont Dozier. If you're familiar with early Supreme songs, they were all written by, well, the majority were written by Holland, Dozier, and Holland. So Lamont Dozier was in the middle. And then I did a, um, a little deep dive on him today. And besides those songs, he wrote, co-wrote Two Hearts uh, for Phil Collins, with Phil Collins, which I think was in the 80s. And he also wrote, Give Me Just a Little More Time by the chairman of the board from 1970. I didn't know that Lamont Dozier was part of that uh, writing. Of course, the lead singer, General Johnson, sounded like Levi Stubbs of the Four Tops. So a little Motown ad there, but Lamont Dozier passed away and uh, will be another great songwriter. The lead singer of the Delphonics. He was um, William Poogie Hart. And the Delphonics had two big hits. La 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 Means I Love You, which Nicolas Cage sings in this family man to his wife on their wedding anniversary. Um, he butchered it, but, you know, at least he, he tried it. And then the other one, was Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time. What a great, great song. Mind, 
Their other lead singer was Major Harris, and I didn't know that. Um, he had a big hit in 1975, my graduation year, and it was called Love Won't Let Me Wait, another great, great song. But the Delphonics, and this leads me into, um, we're taping this on August 11th. August 9th was uh, Rona Mitra's birthday, one of my favorite, favorite people out there. Um, I had her do the cameo for me um, for my anniversary of the podcast. But yesterday uh, was Michael Martin's birthday. And uh, he would have been, I believe, 65, which leads me. Because <laughs> somebody wrote me and asked me if I had any more Michael Martin stories. Growing up happens in a heartbeat. One day you're in diapers. Next day you're gone. But the memories of childhood... Stay with you for the long haul. It's 1970. We're on the corner. They used to have this grocery store on the corner right by Michael's house on uh, 120th and Parnell. And it was a grocery store. We used to all hang around in front of there, just hanging out, standing there. And uh, a bunch of girls go into the store. Michael liked one of them. Her name was Becky. I know her last name. I still know her last name. So we're standing there and with a group of guys. And there's two brothers there with us, Jerry and Bobby. I know their last names. I'm not going to give their last names, but they're there. The girls come out. We're trying to talk to them. Michael especially is trying to uh, talk to this Becky. The two brothers, Jerry was the older one. Bobby was the younger one. The younger one starts singing, Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time? let's call it an adolescent voice. And he was butchering. It sounded really bad. And Michael's trying to talk to this girl. We're trying to talk to a group of girls. Michael especially is working Becky. He kept singing that song. Finally, Michael turned around and he looks at Jerry, his brother. He said, can you just tell your brother to stop? And Jerry's like, well, you tell him. So Michael looks at him and goes, stop, stop. And he wouldn't stop. He was like, I don't know, like 11 in... Jerry was our age, which was 12, 13. He wouldn't stop. It was annoying. The girls left, and Michael was pissed. Again, he was butchering, didn't I? He was worse than Nicolas Cage in The Family Man. So we go over to West Pullman Park, and we're going to climb up to get up on the, they had a deck, because West Pullman Park, I think at that time, was one of only three parks in the city of Chicago. They had an indoor swimming pool. It was a beautiful park, and they had a big outdoor area. We were climbing up on like a gutter to get up there. So Michael says, Beef, you go first. I'll be right behind you. Two or three other guys. He said, you guys follow. And he tells this Bobby, he goes, you wait here and you're our lookout for the police just in case. We all get up there and as Bobby starts climbing up, he gets about halfway up and Michael looks down and says, now remember, he's pissed. He had been trying to talk to this girl for weeks and she shows up at the store right by his house and he doesn't get a chance because uh, again you're only as good as the people you associate with so this kid was very annoying and michael goes hey did you bring an umbrella please look it up he goes what do you mean michael's like did you bring an umbrella he goes no why he goes because my, and michael goes because i think it's gonna start raining he goes i i could have swore i heard some thunder and he's looking around he goes you guys hear thunder We're like yeah yeah you know what happens next right Michael unzips his fly and takes a leak on the kid. <laughs> okay, just let's call it sprinkled a little. Then he moved it. 
you know, and then he turned to the side and everything. But I know it's gross, but you know what? We were teenage kids and the kid, I don't want to say he had it coming, but he was just very, very, very annoying. And Jerry's brother, he was no test for Michael. Jerry's actually laughing. We're all laughing. And then when Bobby finally got to the top, he couldn't do anything because I think Michael wanted to throw him off the uh, the thing. He couldn't punch the kid. He controlled himself pretty good, but it was funny. It's still funny. I swear, when I heard that that guy died with didn't I uh, the Delphonics, it just brought me right back to that. And I thought, this is for Michael's birthday. He had a shot at, at Becky, and then he ended up talking to her. We ran into her at the park probably about a month later, and he got his chance to really talk to her. Uh, and Jerry and Bobby moved out probably like two or three months right after that. I don't know if it was because of that, but I doubt it. But his family, I think they moved back down south. That's another great Michael Martin story. He was such a great guy. And uh, again, he would have been 65 on August 10th. Very, very strongly missed. All right, that's it for today. Again, um, very sad day with Olivia Newton-John. Greece is, um, I don't know if many people know that, but Greece is based on Taft High School, which is where Pam went to high school. And we met Jim Jacobs, the writer of Greece. I also like to mention a lot of people didn't believe me when I said it at the time, but Marie Osmond was up for that part of Sandy. Of course, it was a great call on, uh, I think Ellen Carr was the producer on uh, Olivia Newton-John in there, because even though I love Marie, um, she wouldn't have worked out well, very well as Sandy. Okay. Plus she didn't have blonde hair. And in the movie, Olivia Newton-John is blonde and she's Sandra D. They compare with Sandra D who had blonde hair. Sam Gooden impressions, Lamont Dozier, great songwriter. Um, the Delphonics, Poogie Hart there. If you love music, it's been a very sad couple of weeks with those people passing away, but they brought and still bring a lot of joy to lives when you listen to their music. That's it for now. And then uh, next week, I'll give an update on my latte art because uh, this week was um, testing one, two, three, but you know what? I'm having fun. And again, I'm taking it serious. I even bought that frother. I had a hard time saying frother. I'm meeting people on Instagram in the latte art community, or as we say again in Bridgeport, lat e art. All right, that's it. Instagram, which is at Mary B's fifth son. M-A-R-Y-B-S, number five, T-H-S-O-N. Okay, any comments or suggestions, good or bad, send them to our email, which is marybs5son at gmail.com. So that would be M-A-R-Y-B-S, the number five, S-O-N, at gmail.com. To my mom, again, who always said two things will make a day go by better. Coffee and a smile. If you put those two together, you're going to have a good day. Thanks again for joining us with Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. Join us next week where we continually talk about coffee, which we all love. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Balser. The intro was by Yvonne Two Elements. Thank you. Uh, production by Downtown Media Works. Join us every Sunday morning for Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. And you can like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find our website on Buzzsprout. Take care. That was actually a really sweet episode. I liked it. I liked it. The team part was kind of crazy, but, you know, I thought it was funny. I thought you handled it very well. Well, you got to 
call it the way it is. And again, we were teenage kids and Michael was so mad that that kid would not shut up. And his brother tried pushing him and everything. And he just, he was so annoying. I give Michael a lot of credit because Becky was very pretty. And uh, he'd been looking to talk to her for a long time. And out out of nowhere, she shows up with some friends at this local store, which is literally half a block from his house. We're standing there and there she is. It's like, now's your chance. Did he ever end up talking to the girl? Yeah, I said on there a month later, we ran into her. Oh, a month later. Okay, that was the part that I wasn't sure who you meant, but now I get it. Okay. Yeah, he ran into her about about a month later. You know, he got to know her and everything. So um, I think they dated for a little while, but he just wanted to talk. Wait, how old were you guys when this happened? Like 13? 13, yeah. Very exciting. And then they show up, literally, because she lived on like 127th, you know, and out of nowhere, they're at 120th in Parnell. Really? They, and that's what people used to do back then is walk around and just keep walking around. And, uh, you know, we're standing out on the corner just like people used to do uh, before drive-by shootings and all of that, that you could stand on a corner and just talk. And all different ages, all different genders, boys and girls used to stand out there and just talk. You'd have one group standing over here like us, eighth graders, and then you'd have a group over there, like older guys talking, older girls over here. A lot of different corners where you just stand and talk and bullshit. You run into people in front of the store. What corner did you like to stand on the most? Well, it was either that one or we would stand over by my house, which was 123rd normal. And they had a, the store right there again. You stand in front of the store. If you weren't standing in the park, you would stand on a corner by a grocery store because everybody would go to the store to get candy or something. There was always a a corner store. Like ours was Aiden's because Leo Aiden owned it. He was my landlord. We lived right behind, right next door to uh, to his grocery store. And then you had the one on 120th and Parnell. And then you had the one on 123rd and Parnell, which was a, um, a drugstore pharmacy. So, and then you had the bars all over the place. But most of the time, if people weren't standing in the park, you stood on the corner. You know, people would drive by, you'd wave to them. It wasn't like now, you know, it's terrible now. So you stand on the corner, you're asking for trouble. Not that you're looking for trouble. You're asking for trouble because you're sitting out there in the open and then, you know, stray bullets and all of that crap. So wouldn't have changed it, wouldn't have missed it for anything. It was just so much fun. Wouldn't have missed it for the world Wouldn't have missed love